Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. So I told a few people this morning that the sermon might kind of stick it to you, so just be ready, okay? It's going to stick it to all of us because it's James and that's what he does. If you've ever read the book of James, he just jabs it right in there. But I love it because we need that sometimes. I know it's hard to hear these things sometimes as Christians, but we need it, you know? We need to just have that friend that's like, listen, Linda, it's time to change some things, right? Okay, so the first thing we're going to do this morning is I'm going to have Grace help me out, and I've got a tub over here, and there's different items of clothing in this tub, and any child that wants to help me today, I want you to come to this tub and pick one thing and put it on your body, okay? And then just stand over there and wait for me to tell you, so... But I need helpers, so come up there and do that. And then everybody else, I know you just sat down and you got really comfy, but I need everybody to stand back up for a minute, okay? Some of you will get to sit down very quickly, just trust me. Okay? All right. All right, kids, pick out the clothes without voices. Shh. Just put something on. Shh. All right. All right, so here we go. What I need you to do is I'm going to say certain things, and then you will sit down if this applies to you or not, okay? So, first thing, let me think. Let me think about my crowd here. If you, if you like pickles, sit down. My goodness. Whoa! That was way faster than I thought. Y'all are gross. (laughs) It's fine. Just put one thing on. It doesn't matter what you wear, child. It wasn't in there. Just go pick something up. The preacher's kid thinks they can just do whatever they want. All right. All right. Let me look at you. Okay. Um, uh, If you like UT, sit down. University of Tennessee. (laughs) <laughs> no, but you have to, <laughs> I know, you still have to sit. You're already sitting because of pickles. We're not judging you because of UT. Okay, so that didn't lose too many people, okay? If you don't like gardening, sit down. Okay, that's a few, all right? If you don't like the color purple, sit down. All right. All right, cool. All right, stay put, folks. My standing people, you got to stand for me for just a little bit longer. All right, kids, are we ready? All right, first one. I'm going to have you guys walk in front of me one at a time, okay? So come here. So you, sir, look like a shepherd, right? And you kind of smell a little bit. So I want you to just go sit over there, okay? Next. Come on. Okay, so you look like Mary. And I liked her, so you come stand up here with me. Come, she's fine. I said one item of clothing, child. You're killing me. Perfect. Next, one item. 
Brooklyn, come see me, child. Come to me, girl. Right here, right here. Um, nope, child. Okay, you also look like a shepherd and you smell, so go sit over there. <laughs> Next. Come on. Hmm. You also look like Mary, so you get to come stand up here. All right, Easton. Ooh, royalty, yes, sir. Come stand on the stage, please. Next. Oh, we have another king. All right, sir, you may come stand up here with me. Okay. All right, so I need everybody just to stay put for a minute, and I'm going to read you James, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. It says, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus, must not show favoritism. We're not supposed to do what I just did. Suppose a man comes to your meeting wearing gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy and old clothes comes in, and you so show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, here is a good seat for you. But you say to the poor man, stand here or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my brothers and sisters, has God not chosen those who are poor in, his eyes, in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones that drag you to court? Are they not the ones that blaspheme the noble name of him to, you, to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, then you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, then you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he said, you shall not commit adultery, but he also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you still murder, you have become a lawbreaker. So listen to this. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful because mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay? Yeah, I just did just now. Good job, guys. Thank you. You can go put your stuff away. Thank you for being my example. And all of you guys that are my favorite, you can now sit down. So they were all, you know, I don't like pickles. I don't like UT. I love the color purple. I love gardening. So you all are my people. Okay? All right? So, as we look at James chapter 2, the very first section of it, he's talking about the second half of the greatest commandment. Now, does anybody know what that could be? What does Jesus say is the greatest commandment? Do you remember? Huh? Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, what's this? that's the second part. What's the first part? Yeah, there it is. Jamie got it. Say it again. Louder. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yes. Right? Matthew 22, and I think I've got it up there somewhere. Is it on a slide? Sorry, if I've already messed up the slides. You shouldn't ask me to do slides. Uh, Matthew 22. Where are we at? Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. It was very important to Jesus how we treated him and how we treat other people, right? Now, I know that my little example today was with some petty things. You know, I'm still going to be your friends even if you don't like pickles. You know, we can still be friends. But that was just kind of a, sh- a small example of what we tend to do in our lives, right? If we just think, it probably take us five seconds to think of someone that we necessarily don't like because of X, Y, and Z, right? We put people in these categories in our lives, and we all do it, okay? So James is talking to me too. I catch myself too often these days being so quick to judge other people. And that's not what God wants for us. Because he created a, every single one of us, right? He created us with opinions. He created us with purpose. And those aren't always going to mesh, but it doesn't mean that this person is not created in the image of God, just like you and me, right? But why are we so quick to do this? And so James, like Pastor Jamie was saying last week, James is so good at giving us practical ideas on how to live a Christian life, right? He's really good at saying, here's what you should do and here's what you shouldn't do. And it's good advice. And this is excellent advice for us to take, especially in our world today, in all the divisions that are happening among us, political, mask wearing, COVID vaccine, no COVID vaccine, and it's become this huge wall between people. We're treating people like kids on the playground, right? And that's not what God wants for us. That shouldn't be a part of our story as the people of God. What are we doing discriminating against others? So verses 12 and 13 again in James says this. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Do you get what he's saying here? (laughs) Judgment without mercy will be given to anyone who is not merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. When is the last time in our lives, church, that we really really showed mercy to someone in our life that needed it. We live so easily on the other side. And it's not what he wants for his people, the people who are his child, the people he loves deeply. So when I think about this particular scripture, have you guys ever seen those giant chairs? Like the huge, we should have a picture, these humongous chairs. Have you ever seen those? And you sit up in there and sometimes your feet can't even touch it. When I think about this this idea of judging others, it makes me think of, of me trying to sit in this chair that's not made for me. No human being can fit in God's judgment seat. 
we are too small. We are too small-minded to sit in his seat. Now, no, guys, this is not the throne of God. I have, you know, it's way prettier than this. But he's the only one that fits there. And we try to climb and sit ourselves up in that thing. And we give ourselves a crown of our holiness, right? We put this robe of goodness on ourselves and we try to climb up there and we try to fit in that seat that is not meant for any human being. God alone is the judge because he knows everything that's going on inside of us, right? How many times have you hurt someone with good intentions? Think about that. It's happened to me on multiple occasions. You think you're doing the right thing and you hurt somebody. It's because we live in our own world, right? We can't see the bigger picture. We can't see that maybe so-and-so is having a really bad day and we shouldn't have gone there with that joke, right? We can't see what God can see. He alone remains and belongs on that seat that we climb into too much. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom when we live this life of freedom that God has given us, then we should be able to give it back, right? We should be able to give that mercy because we've received it in God and in his love for us. Jesus died on the cross completely perfect, right? He didn't deserve that, okay? So, Favoritism forbidden is what my little thing is for this first little section, and that's the second part of the greatest commandment, okay? Is we are to love others the way we love ourselves, okay? So, I mean, I tend to be my own judge as well, right? And we all do that, but I also give myself a lot of mercy, and I need to give that to everyone else around me. The second half focuses on the first part of the greatest commandment. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. So now I'm going to read James 2, 14 through 26 that says, What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace and keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their needs, what good is it? In the same way... Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. That's a big one. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, I will show you my faith by my deeds. Listen to this one. You believe there is a God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. 
And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So, in this particular passage of scripture, he's talking about our faith and our deeds and how they need to mash, mesh together, right? It's one of my favorite parts of scripture. All of scripture where he talks about the demons believe. If you believe, so what? So to the demons, they know who he is, right? Satan knows who Jesus Christ is, but his actions are why he is where he is and why his fate is what it is, right? Because of what he does, not what he believes, And we get so lost in thinking that if we believe in Jesus, that that's enough. And we get stuck as Christians in just believing, I believe in God, I go to church, we're good. No. James says it's dead. If we do not do something with our faith, if our faith does not move us into action, then we are just like the demons. And I know that might sound harsh, but it's true. If I believe that God is good and I can't give mercy to the people around me, then there's something missing within my faith. If I believe that God is love and I can't show love back, then there's something missing in my faith. Right? And we could go on and on and on. We could go through. I could have you guys all tell me something that you believe about God. What are you doing about it? What are we doing with our faith? Do we love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength to the point where it pushes us beyond the belief? It's exciting. We had Sydney and Sophia just got baptized last Sunday, right? And um, Haley got baptized too, and that's showing that, hey, we've got faith, but I'm trying to drill it into the kids and, and drill it in in real life, or with the real kids back there, that it's not enough to just believe. It's never enough to just believe. And this is what James is trying to say here. He's like, look, it's dead. What are we doing with our faith? I love it. He's talking about Abraham, and of course, James could have talked about a lot of past people in the Bible, right? There's so many stories of people who showed their faith and actually did something with it. But when he talks about Abraham and he says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. There's a wholeness there when we're moved to action, We've been talking about some exciting things in staff meeting lately about some ways that we want real life to start moving toward that action, right? We want to do more than just sit here on Sunday mornings and talk about God. We want to move. We want to be a movement for him because that's what this world needs is a people moving with his love, 
with his light in their life. So I want you all to just take a minute and think about what's God trying to say to you today in this? What's he trying to say to you? It's a very simple message, but it also can be a very complex message depending on where you are in your life. But, you know, when is the last time that your belief and your faith moved you to, to some sort of an action? I, I pray for my kids every single day before they get on the bus, and I pray that they can be Jesus to the kids around them. And it's as simple as returning hate for kindness. Our kids are facing some really crazy stuff right now. The world is getting worse and worse by the moment. And if we aren't the light, then the rocks are going to have to start praising Jesus. They're going to have to start crying out. But I don't want them to do that, guys. We need to be Jesus. We need to let our faith and our deeds look the same. And you believe we're going to mess up. You better believe it. It's not going to be this beautiful, harmonious thing that we want it to be. It's not going to be perfect. I'm going to mess up. You're going to mess up. But then there's that humility that comes in. That's another thing. If we believe that God is humble, then we too have to turn around and apologize when we don't show that light in those moments, right? Take on that humility, just like the passage of Scripture from Philippians that he read about Christ's humility and what he did for us. We could just go on and on and on. But what you believe should be displayed in what you do. I'm almost done. I just want to read this because I wrote it out. Okay. What kinds of things does your faith move you to do? Forgive others when they don't deserve it. Love others even when it's hard. Offer grace and mercy to those around you. Leave the judging to God. Give to the poor because you have more than enough. Use kind words even when it's hard. God's love, grace, forgiveness, and mercy is meant to be shared by those who love him. Right? We think about the basket. We have this thing and we hide it under the basket. God talks about that. No, share it. Put it out there. Be that light that other people need in their lives instead of adding to the darkness. Think of all that God offers you. Do you offer it to others in return out of that overflowing love for God that you can't just contain yourself? Or do you keep all that he offers to yourself? James says, faith without deeds is dead. Like really dead. Pointless without fruit kind of dead. So just reevaluate with me today. What do you believe about God? Is it evident in your life? If I was to ask your coworkers, what do you think so-and-so believes about God? Could they give me anything? If I could ask your family, what do you think they believe about God? Could they give us anything? Are we reflecting that belief? Dear Jesus, I thank you so much 
for this day and for this word. I know that it's sharp and it might even hurt. But God, we are meant for so much more and you want so much more from our lives than what we display sometimes. So forgive us, Jesus. Forgive us for forgetting that you're the only one that fits in that seat. Forgive us for forgetting to love other people the way that we love ourselves and the way that you love us. Show us, God, some practical ways that we can move forward in our faith, in our lives, some ways that we can be the change around us. Thank you for your goodness, for your love, for your mercy that knows no end. Thank you for your kindness and for always being there when we make mistakes. We love you, Jesus, so much. In your name we pray. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.